In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning in the church we're celebrating the Nativity of John the Baptist. And it's very interesting that uh, Luke actually begins his gospel with this story. So the first part, the first thing that Luke wants to talk about in his gospel is this annunciation, this announcement to Zechariah that he and his wife Elizabeth will conceive and bear a child and his name will be called John. And I use that word annunciation on purpose because if you look in your, on your, your bulletin in your sheet there, you'll see that this passage, while a long one, could have been a lot longer because it says that it goes from Luke 1 to 25 and then skip a bunch and 57 to 68, 76, and 80. Well, that skip a bunch, that area that's there in the middle there, is actually this Annunciation. So we have the Annunciation of, uh, to Zechariah, followed immediately by the Annunciation to Mary, the mother of God, about her conception, about her conceiving in the uh, by the Holy Spirit, and her bearing a son and his name being called Jesus. And we have these parallels here on purpose because these two events are linked together for us and for our salvation. And that's why Luke begins his gospel with this annunciation to Zechariah. We know all about the one to Mary. Gabriel comes and tells her she will conceive and the child will be named a specific name, Jesus. The Hebrew Yeshua connected to Joshua, the the great prophet who led the people out of the wilderness into the promised land. And the name itself even means God is our salvation or God our Savior. And if you look at the one that we just heard with Zechariah, we see some of the same things. It's the same angel. Gabriel comes and even uses the word good news. He tells Zechariah that he's proclaiming to him this good news about the birth of this his son, who will be named John. And they make a big deal about this name, right? We have Zechariah who doubts while he is there with the angel in the temple, and he is made mute, he's not able to speak until nine months later the baby is born. We get to the time of circumcision when uh, traditionally the name of the child was given, and they go to name him, and Elizabeth says that his name will be John, and they look at Zechariah and say, really, are you sure? Don't you want to name him after you? And he says, he writes down, no, his name is John. And we think about that name nowadays as just kind of a common name, right? Sorry, Father John. John Doe, John Smith, right? We have kind of this, this idea that it's a, a, a common name. But it's common today because of the greatness of the people who carried this name before. And this name actually means something particular. John is a Hebrew name that means the grace of God or God is gracious. So if you don't remember anything else that I say this morning, remember those three words, God is gracious. Because that's the message that the Lord was presenting to Zechariah and Elizabeth and beyond Zechariah and Elizabeth, proclaiming to the entire people of Israel and to all of us by the birth of this little boy, this son, that God is gracious. 
Of course, it's easy for us to look and see Zechariah and Elizabeth and say, oh, he is gracious because he saw their faithfulness and he blessed them with a child. I mean, these were amazing people. It says in the scripture there that we just read that they were righteous before God, walking in the commandments and ordinance of the Lord, blameless. These were two extraordinarily holy people. And yet at that time it was thought that you were shown to be holy, you were shown to be blessed by having a child, and they didn't have one. And it was this great miracle that occurs where God is gracious. He hears the prayer of Zacharias and Elizabeth, and he grants them a child. He grants them a son. But in keeping with our theme from last week, it's not about us. There's something much deeper going on than God being gracious to just Zacharias and Elizabeth. He was. He is, uh, for sure, in the birth of this child. But what was Zechariah doing when the angel came to him? What was Zechariah doing? He was in the temple. He was serving his duties as a priest. He was of the line in the Levites where they, they decided, uh, they cast lots to decide who would be priest during those, those periods of time, and it fell at that time to Zechariah. And he was in the temple offering incense on the altar of God. And not just him. It says there that there was a whole multitude of the people praying outside while he was doing that. The angel of the Lord comes while he is praying and interceding for the people. And the people are all there and they are praying and interceding and asking God for his great blessings. And so angel Gabriel comes to him and says, your prayer has been heard. Yes, he is talking about the prayer that, that Zacharias and Elizabeth had offered to God for a child, but I think he's talking about something even more profound than that. The prayer of all of these people, not just at that time, the prayer of all of those people throughout all of time for God to finally bring the Messiah, to God, for God to finally bring the fullness of time so that the people of God could participate in the kingdom of God, had finally come. And so the archangel Gabriel is saying to him, God is gracious. You will have a son, and that son will prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah, will prepare the way for the fulfillment of all of those promises that have been happening since the very beginning, especially since Abraham, since he made that covenant, and it being fulfilled now. And so it's not just about Zacharias and Elizabeth and their fulfillment of their holiness, but it's about the graciousness and goodness of God to all of his people. And that's how Zacharias even himself felt and saw this. Because when he was finally able to speak, after his, his mouth was opened, uh, it says there at the, towards the very end of the reading, and again, this reading could have been a lot longer. They only include about two verses of what Zechariah says, but you can go back in Luke chapter 1 and read about ten more verses uh, about the things that he says when he's finally able to open his mouth. But the first thing that he says is, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. He doesn't say, For he has given me a son. He says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. He saw this as a much bigger thing. 
It wasn't just about him. It wasn't just about Elizabeth. It wasn't about just them having a child. This was about something that was about the fulfillment of all of the scriptures, the graciousness of God in not forgetting his people. And that's the word that we need to hear. That's the thing that we need to remember. God is gracious. He's gracious to us in our own circumstances, like he was with Zacharias and Elizabeth, reaching into their life, blessing them, helping them to see and understand that while they might uh, have wondered what in the world God was doing, he had a plan for them. But even on a grander scale, we, we look at the world and think, what is God doing? What is going on? God is gracious. He has a far bigger plan, a far bigger thing going on than we can even fathom. And so we need to have this feast, and we need to have the person of John the Baptist bridging the Old Testament and pulling us into the New, so that we remember that God is faithful over the course of all those many centuries before, leading us and pushing us and encouraging us to see one thing, Christ because that was all John the Baptist was about. From the moment he leapt in the womb of his mother, when he was in the presence of Christ, when he was in the womb of his mother, even to today where we see him on our iconostasis in every single Orthodox church throughout the world, pointing to Christ. God is gracious in everything. Let us have hope. God is gracious. Glory to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.